A little more than two years ago, I moved into the Buckeye neighborhood for a month. The idea was to get an on-the-ground view of the place, hear its everyday sounds, see its everyday sights, and talk to as many people as I could about their neighborhood and what they wanted for its future. And last week, I moved back for another month to see what's changed and what hasn't. And that's this episode, the sounds, the stories of coming back. Yeah, I was working out here, cleaning out the garage. Okay. This time, I'm staying with Liz Barty, known to just about everyone as Miss Liz. She runs the downstairs apartment of her house as an Airbnb. So how have you been doing? I've been doing great. Yeah? Uh-huh. Real good. I got to know Miss Liz two years ago when I was staying next door. She's a shorter woman in her early 70s with close-cropped blonde hair and glasses. She retired from a long career working in manufacturing at General Electric, but she still works part-time in the evenings for her daughter's office cleaning business. This is your living room. Okay. Yeah, and I, I will put the air conditioner back in okay. the window so you can get air. Okay. I don't know if you want your door open or not. Okay. But if you don't, you can always close it. She's friendly but commanding too. This great mix of charm and gravitas. One of her neighbors, Reggie Hines, called her the Queen Bee of East 117th Street. Miss Liz is the kind of woman who's endlessly patient, would do anything for you, but she also doesn't want your jeans staining her couch. Thank you very much. Or any of your friends come over, they have jeans on, just put the towels down because sometimes jeans fade. Oh, yeah? The color fades okay. into this. You just put them on the sofa, though. As we wrap up our tour of the apartment, Miss Liz shows me her security system. It's pretty high-tech, this little computer screen that you slide your finger across to activate. Just, yeah, let me practice one time here. Okay. No, no. That's not what I do? That one? Yeah. Okay. Okay, just take your finger and go like this. Oops, okay. Why do I keep bypassing? I don't like that bypassing. Okay. It gets us talking about neighborhood safety in general. Last time I was here, a lot of the neighbors on 117th Street told me they didn't feel safe on their own street especially after dark. And a lot of that was because of a group of young men who hung out on the corner. The drug boys, people called them. Teenagers who sold and used drugs and who'd scatter when cop cars drove by. Like when I was here a couple Right. Because I remember a lot of people were worried about the guys on the corner. Right. Well, they mm -hmm. still hang down there. Mm -hmm. But hey, they don't come this way. Mm -hmm. They don't be up and down the street. And the cars don't be here like it was, too. The street's quieter, she says, because a couple of the boys who led the dealing are gone now. One moved away and the other was arrested and incarcerated. That night, I sit out on the front porch. Miss Liz is right, it does seem quiet. Mostly what I hear are late summer cicadas, some distant ambulance sirens, occasional music. At the house across the street, a little boy plays with a toy sword that lights up neon red when he swings it. The block looks pretty much like I remember it too. Two family houses with big front porches lined up side by side. The back end of a yellow brick church enclosed by a hurricane fence. A big community garden on some vacant lots overflowing with tomatoes, green peppers, cabbage. 
I get to thinking about how even though things look the same, this is a different block than it was two years ago. I know from asking around and keeping in touch with friends that some people have moved away and others have moved in. The drug boys for one, but also Reggie Hines, who called Miss Liz the queen bee and himself the mayor of 117th Street. He died of cancer shortly after our project ended. I can still picture him hanging out in his driveway at night listening to Clean Up Woman by Betty Wright. His daughter, Shawnee Settles, who used to wear a yellow flower band in her hair, she moved to East Cleveland. And meanwhile, a half dozen college graduates have started an intentional community called Porch and the house on the other side of the community garden. The next morning, I decide to walk around, see for myself what has changed or not in the last two years. So I'm walking down Buckeye right now, going west toward downtown, and I'm passing Orban's, the floral shop. They have uh, some moms in the window and a couple jack-o'-lanterns. And one of the biggest visible changes is unfortunately a negative one. The neighborhood grocery store, a branch of the Pittsburgh-based Giant Eagle chain, closed a few months ago. Neighborhood residents and community groups tried really hard to keep it, but in the end, word was Giant Eagle was losing money on the store and theft was a big problem. Just as much as the store itself being empty, you really see how empty the parking lot is. Uh, there's just a pretty big expanse of asphalt parking lot with not a single car in it just some gulls kind of waddling around looking for I guess scraps of food probably there is still another full-service grocery store a little to the east a Dave supermarket as well as an Aldi to the south so residents still have options the gulls do not like me walking through their space <laughs> but I think about what a grocery store means beyond the obvious thing of selling food the psychological impact of this big, empty space is probably even worse than the lack of groceries inside. I mean, not every neighborhood has a big supermarket, right? And that's okay. But when a neighborhood that once had one loses it, that's another matter. That seems to make a statement about the neighborhood's present and its future. I see a couple of young women hanging out on a curb, so I decide to ask them how they feel about the store closing. They had the great deals and everything. The food, the fresh fruits, uh, the good meats. It was a nice grocery store. Her name is Shawnee Derricotti, and she lives just a couple blocks away. Where do you go shopping now that it's gone? Um, Aldi's, Save-A-Lot, Dave's. Yeah. yeah, but this was close. This was real close. But then I talked to a high school kid named Clarence, who's waiting for a bus after a doctor's appointment. He reminds me that neighborhood appearances are all relative, a matter of perspective. He grew up in the King Kennedy public housing estate, and now he lives at 84th and Central. For him, the closed store is no big deal. What do I think? I mean, shoot, I mean, I think it's nice up here when you come up the way. When you come up the way, it gets nicer. When you go down, it gets worse. I ain't even gonna fake to you. I just think it's nice up here. Here comes your bus right now, right? Or no, that's a different... Uh, yep, okay. All right, have a good day, sir. 
As I walk back east on Buckeye, further up the way, there are bright spots too. There's a new steak and seafood restaurant, Diallo's. And I see that most of the retail stores I remember from a couple years ago are still here too. Nikki's Music, one of the last independent record stores in Northeast Ohio, proud purveyor of CDs, records, and cassette tapes. And Samdi Ma Elegance, an African clothing store. Some of the empty old storefronts have been covered with brightly painted billboard-sized poems by writer Damien Ware, who lives in the neighborhood. True love can be found in knowing who you really are, says one in blue stencil letters wrapping around a single-story building. The streets will never love you like a neighborhood should. Then, one of my favorite sites in all of Cleveland. Clyde. Hey. Hey, what's up? All right, how you doing, Jeff? I'm good. Oh, good, good to see you. Nice to see you. Clyde Johnson, who runs a hot dog and burger stand called CJ's Famous Angus. I got to know him last time I was in the neighborhood, and I've stayed in touch ever since. He's warm, thoughtful, and you can smell his grilled onions a mile away. Yeah. So how have you been? Good? Doing good, man. Doing real good. How do you think things have changed or not in the last couple years on Buckeye? Wow. Hmm. It's kind of hard to say. I would say that I don't see as much activity from, you know, the drug scene, you know, which is a good thing. But uh, other than that, I really don't see a whole lot. I mean, I do see they're trying to uh, do a little fixing up, you know, they some storefront renovation. Look like they're trying to, I guess the guy from Shaker Square, uh, I'm not sure his name, uh, but uh, it looked like he's doing a nice thing on 130th Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know the guy the from Edwin's guy. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh-huh. That's Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute. It trains adults who are in jail about cooking and restaurant work. The Institute recently bought a group of buildings on Buckeye and 130th to turn into a residential campus for trainees who need housing. That's interesting. So you think there's less drug activity? Any, any thoughts about why that is? Like, was there more police presence or just they moved on? Or? That's, I really just, I'll be honest, because I, I, I don't necess- really see a lot of police activity. I don't really see that, you know, but I think the young guys around here are just, they didn't say enough of the guys go down, you know, and they, they're trying to, I would think they're trying to change their ways a little bit, you know, but. Uh, that's what you hope at least, right? I'm hoping that's what, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I really, uh, it's funny, I, don't, I really don't see none to be, you know, to be honest. So I would say it got a lot quieter. Quieter. I think about the dual meaning there. In a way, quieter is a good thing. It means less crime, that people are being respectful of each other's space. But it also means maybe that there's, well, just more space and less activity. No grocery store, not many new businesses. And for a neighborhood that's been wrestling with declining population and empty storefronts for a while, that kind of quiet is not such a good thing. Luckily, right next door to where Clyde Johnson is setting up his stand is the office of someone who can help me make sense of it all. I'm good, I'm good. I just uh, moved back into the neighborhood for a few weeks. John Hopkins is executive director of Buckeye Shaker Development Corporation, the neighborhood redevelopment group. We start out talking about, no surprise, the closed Giant Eagle. It's been um, problematic seeing that 
big parking lot with no cars in it. You know, it's just like overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. so people still eat, they still buy groceries, they still get their meds. But what, what you do lose is just that comfort, you know, that feeling that I can walk to the corner, ride my bike, take a short drive, you know, to the grocery store. And when that rhythm is disturbed, you know, now I have to go to who knows where. I have to take, you know, additional public transportation or or I have to, you know, it's it it's an infringement on my life, you know. But then he has some good news for me. We're on the verge of securing another grocery store for the neighborhood, so that's exciting. It'll be run by a local operator this time, a guy who has a few other supermarkets in the region. The city just announced a package of loans and grants worth $2 million in the next few months. That's probably been the biggest news. Another big game changer is the Mayor's Initiative, the Mayor's Neighborhood Initiative, which is a pot of funding of $25 million. It's going to go to various underserved neighborhoods. Buckeye is one of them. Mayor Frank Jackson announced the plan a few months ago, saying the money would go to help local businesses get started and build new housing. Jackson is running for a fourth term right now, and I've heard some skeptics say that this is all a bit of election year feel-goodism. But the fund is real. It actually exists, and the money will get spent. And that, according to John Hopkins, is a rare opportunity for a neighborhood like Buckeye. Being in a weak market, when I say weak market, meaning just the, the values are low, you have to capitalize on opportunities. You may only have that opportunity once in, ten, in a decade because they're not, the opportunities aren't as plentiful here as they are in other places. Um, how much can a neighborhood change in two years? Oh, I mean, a neighborhood can change tremendously. And again, it's all about opportunities. Some because you're planning it out, you know, you're land banking property, waiting for the market to become better. Or it could be um, almost like a, a public works decision from the government. Yeah, but I think my question, too, is, like, does this neighborhood need to change? No, no, it just needs to get better. The but people, is it getting better changing? Is that, that's a form of changing, right? Well, it's a form of changing, but instead of having a, a Wendy's, is it possible to, to get something like a Panera Bread? Or, again, if our demographics don't line up for that national chain to come, can you get a local person to open up something like a Panera Bread? Mm -hmm. You know, we're just... You know, that offers salads and, mm -hmm. and other healthy options. What do you see as the future of this neighborhood? I mean, the future is now. I mean, you know, you have people living here, shopping here, you know, playing here. You just want to improve the experience, you know, for everyone that's here. All right, John. Okay, man. All right. Take care. Sometimes it seems like we need a whole new vocabulary for working in neighborhoods. Change, improvement, making things better. They all imply that there's something wrong with what's already there. And the danger there is that it doesn't just devalue the place, it devalues the people who are living and working on these streets, reinforces this thought that their lives aren't enough. They're not enough. I think John Hopkins was onto something when he said the future is now. How do we settle into what exists in the present instead of resisting it and striving for something else? How do we bring the vibrancy and strength of the people who are here now out onto Buckeye Road 
so that they can be seen by everyone. On my way back home, I make one last stop, Samdi Ma Elegance. It's run by Ego Adigwe from Nigeria. Hello, do you remember me? I did a story about your shop and you made us a hat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. How are yeah. you doing? The store is full of the same racks of primary colored gowns and hats that I remember from a couple years ago. And while Ego tells me that she's been making things work, that's mostly because she spends her weekends selling at trunk sales and local outdoor markets. Business in the store itself is almost zero, and she makes no effort to disguise her frustration about that. It's a busy neighborhood, as you can see. We have a lot of traffic. It's, the traffic is more than Lajmer, but they're letting this neighborhood go for some reason. Larchmere is another commercial street about a mile to the north that seems to be doing a lot better than Buckeye. It's got an amazing bookstore, a vegan bakery, a yoga studio, brand new street trees. If you do count of cars that goes through here and do that of Larchmere, you will know this Buckeye neighborhood is very a busy area. It's true, I looked it up. According to the regional transportation agency, NOACA, Buckeye handles about 10,000 cars a day, compared with about 6,000 on Larchmere. It's a lot of traffic, but people don't stop to come in and shop because they're scared. And then we have a lot of vacant stores, a lot of abandoned buildings. They need to, you know, fix it, do something with it. She knows about that $25 million pot of money that Mayor Jackson set aside. And she says what he should do with it is fix up some of the rundown buildings on the street and rent out the storefronts at a reduced rate to entrepreneurs with solid business plans. She says, yeah, it would be a loss for the city at first, but over time, that would change. Once people are okay to come into the neighborhood, you can now increase your rent with time. But initially, make it very affordable. That's a lot of people who want a storefront, but they can't afford it, you know, and then two, three months, they move out. She figures $300 a month is about right to get people to move into the spaces. Then the neighborhood starts to do better, and those people who moved in initially will stay, even when the rent goes up, because now they're doing well. They'll be willing to pay $500, $600 or more for their place. So make it affordable and clean up the street so that people can come in and shop. That night, back on Miss Liz's front porch, I think over all I've heard. There seems to be a theme to it all. What this place needs, what any place needs, isn't anything grandiose. It's just attention and appreciation. Not change so much as uncovering. That's pretty much what Ego Adigwe was saying. Hey, we're here. Give us a chance to do our thing. And the hopeful part is, in John Hopkins' words, there actually are opportunities now for that to happen. The few million dollars that Buckeye will get from Mayor Jackson's fund, it's not huge, but it is a start. And there's also a crowdfunding site, IOB, that's I-O-B-Y, for In Our Backyards, that focuses on projects right in this neighborhood. I wonder if in another two years, the changes will become more visible. So that it's not just the absence of things we notice, like the so-called drug boys or the giant eagle, but also their presence. For Watershed, I'm Justin Glanville. Watershed is produced by Sidewalk, telling the story of people in place. And it's made possible by a grant from the St. Luke's Foundation. 
Sound design and recording is by Angie Hayes. Our editor is William Bostwick. And our story consultant is Don Arrington. Our music is by DJ Doc Harrell and the kids at Refresh Collective. With additional music this episode by Olga Scotland, Alpha Hydre, and Dana Boulet. Check out photos and written versions of our stories online at OurSidewalk.com. That's O-U-R-Sidewalk.com. And keep in touch with us by following Sidewalk on Facebook. Drop us a note to let us know what you think, or just to say hi. Until next time.